0: Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Ilman. You can see his photos at ProStarPics.com or read his latest F1 blog at KimIlman.com. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're talking about the first event of the 2019 season, the Melbourne Grand Prix that just went by over the weekend. How did you find it, Kim? Oh, it was lovely. The, The weather was so nice. Last year I remember we had one day of rain or half a day
1: of rain, but no rain, sunny skies, not too hot. Uh, Dusty because the the place has got lots of dust in the car parks and you end up dust on your sensors and everything. But, um, oh, no complaints, just fantastic. Savage result for Daniel Ricciardo. As you know,
0: I'm a Daniel fan because we're both from Perth. But um, that aside, loved it. Well, speaking of Dan, he unfortunately had to drop out. Did you see him after that, and how did he look, and how did he feel? How was he carrying himself after that?
1: I was, uh, during the race on Sunday afternoon, I was at Turn 1, and um, I was ground level, so the cars come towards me as they head around Turn 1, and you're just holding your finger down, just moving your framing slightly, and I could see that it was two Mercedes in front. I couldn't tell which one. I could see that uh, Leclerc had actually gone off the track a little wide, and that kicked up a whole lot of dust, Mm. and then I saw all the cars come through. I didn't see any major accidents, so I thought everyone got away unscathed. And then, of course, um, the second time they come around, they're still reasonably bunched. And uh, I didn't notice that there was no Daniel until probably about 30, 40 seconds afterwards, maybe a minute afterwards, and then suddenly Daniel and I think Kubica come along mm. at the back of the field, and I thought, oh, what's happened to him? And then the uh, replay came up on the screen that was not far away from me. I thought, well, that's pretty savage, because you, when you're photographing, you can't tell that he's missing a front wing. It was only later when I looked at my shots afterwards that I realised, yeah, there was no front wing on his car as he came round turn one. Well, when they zip by that fast, how can you tell who's yeah, missing
0: a wing? and who's not. And of
1: course, most of the time you're you're seeing black because you're holding your finger on the shutter and then the the lens opens and you see black until the the lens closes, the shutter closes.
0: Fair enough. Well, how was it returning to the paddock for 2019? Was there some familiar faces you were happy to see? and Oh yeah,
1: it was so lovely because I've lost a bit of weight so I was quite happy to to get a few comments. Oh, you've lost weight. So um, it was four full days. Uh, A lot of my European and Pommy mates were there so that was lovely to catch up with them. Uh, a lot of them had had very little F1 over the last three months, so we we're all in the same boat, excited to get back and
0: shoot uh, an actual race weekend. And what was the season opening shoot like? Obviously, at the start of the season, all the drivers have to come down for a media photography with all the all the photographers there. What was that like? It's like a class photo, really. Yeah. It's funny because all the guys come out... Um,
1: I'll be 100% honest, I completely forgot that it was on <laughs> and I was walking around and I had a 135mm lens and a wide angle and I thought, oh the drivers are, oh no, I know what that is <laughs> so I've had to race around to get a spot on the um, this three levels of platforms where you can stand and uh, the drivers situate themselves about 30 metres away in the centre of the track and they're on three levels and you just get to take this group photo but I did notice that there were 14 of them had sunnies on, Uh, all but one had a hat on, I think Magnuson had no hat on, and uh, for a good while, Perez was just looking over to the right, uh, and I don't know what he was looking at, but he was the odd man out, and then we probably had about 30 or 40 seconds of shots, and you shoot a couple wide and a couple tight, and then Lewis gets his phone out and he starts taking photos of us, (laughs) as he likes to do, because he's got an enormous social media
0: following, and um, he's very uh, ardent with getting good content for them Mm. he actually posed for a photo with all the photographers this time it's a rare moment I hear it is
1: rare uh, because normally he's um, he doesn't pay much attention to the photographers but uh, this was after qualifying and I think it was because Vettel was a little bit late coming down uh, for the group top three shot so it was Valtteri and Lewis just standing around so he had his uh, photographer Paul Ripke Ripka, I, I can't remember how you pronounce his name, but um, he's got a sizable Instagram following of about a half a million too. I think he used to be Nico's photographer. But he, he suggested, Lewis, jump in there for a shot. So Lewis sat in amongst all the photographers, which I wasn't part of. I was late, so I, I didn't actually get an opportunity to be on that side. So I could actually stand next to Paul and take that same shot mm. of Lewis amongst my photography mates. Very good photo with the sun coming in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you really have uh, very little time to prepare for it. So, you you know, I've got a long lens and I've got a short lens, so I just go for the short and I I just hope my settings are right. Have a couple of quick look. Yeah, right, we're not far off. A bit of minor adjustment. Take a couple of extra shots and that's it. The moment's over.
0: You've, You've either got it or you've missed it. Another great photo, actually, that I saw was of Daniel Ricciardo's boot what's the story behind that one we had new boots uh, because he's changed teams obviously he's gone
1: to Renault and he had these yellow and green uh, for Australia colours Mm -hmm. with a kangaroo on it Mm -hmm. and um, so I got down low on the grid because this was the first time I could get anywhere near him uh, while he was stationary, so I got down almost on the ground and took some lovely low level shots of his new race boots and also of his helmet, which is really out there. Um, this year, Daniel says he wants to be so completely different to everything else, which I think is great because that's in my business, messages on hold. I've always done the exact opposite of what everyone else is mm. doing because you have to to stand out. And certainly, as an F1 photographer, that's what we look for standing out. Mm. 100 people in the same shirts, not interested. One guy with red hair and yellow beard, mm. that's what you take the photo of. And I, I did take some photos of a guy just like that. And a young kid with uh, uh, face painting on who was quite animated. Yeah, So you look for stuff that stands out, and Daniel is standing out. Although, albeit, albeit for uh, the wrong reason for this race, <laughs> where he lost
0: his wing on, what, 50 metres after the start? Yeah. There were some great photos of like fans this time. There was a, a rabid Daniel fan out there that I saw a photo of, uh, as well as the guy with the red and yellow beard. Yeah, well, the beauty of Melbourne is that
1: there's a thing called the Melbourne Walk, which is just outside the paddock. In fact, it's right in front of our media centre. So w- when we hear a bit of noise, we can take off from the media centre, mm. come out there and see, obviously, that there's something going on. So you get Oh, I'm guessing 500 to 1,000 people, massive fans, all waiting out there. And you just walked up and down that row looking for people that stand out. And there was a couple of people with big heads of uh, drivers. So a Stroll came past. And I thought, righty, at some point, he's going to get to that head and hopefully he turns and faces me. I've got the big Lance Stroll head behind him. That's a photo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the sort of stuff we look for.
0: F1 On and Off the Track is presented by ProStarPix.com stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to Prostarpix.com at the end of this podcast. Another standout photo I saw actually was a really tight close uh, macro lens shot of Hulkenberg's in-ear headphones. How did that one go down?
1: Well, I borrowed this lens. It's a layover 24mm lens and it's got a, a barrel on it that's about 15mm wide uh, and about 40cm long. So it's like a probe, (laughs) and uh, it it allows you to get within probably a couple of centimetres of anything and blow it up wide. So uh, I saw his uh, earpiece sitting on top of his helmet, and um, that was before the start of the race on the grid, so I was able to get right down close and take a photo of that, and you can actually see on the photo the printing with his name on it and the model number of his particular um, device that sits in his ear, blocks out the noise from the car, and allows him
0: to... um, communicate with his engineer, or at least hear his engineer. Mm. So you started on turn one for the race. Mm-hmm. Any great photos or moments from there?
1: No, but uh, going back to Friday, I had a drama with my 600mm lens where it was yes, not pan. Mm. And uh, I spent half a session trying to work it out. And about the, the third photo I took, and I didn't realise it wasn't working, was when Kimi Räikkönen came off the track and he came ploughing through the grass directly at me at speed, mm. and I was shuddering away. And they are all sharp, and I thought, oh, great. I didn't even It didn't occur to me that the lens was playing up. It wasn't until shortly thereafter that I realised that any panning shot, left to right or right to left, I couldn't get any focus on. So I was most fortunate to get that one series of shots where the car was coming straight towards me. But no, no incidents uh, at Turn 1 during the race, and I spent about probably 25 minutes there. My son, Tyler, who came with me uh, for this race and shot with me, he was up the top, mm. and he was getting a slightly different angle but of the, the same scene that I was. So uh, I end up going up to the last turn. Now there's a a photo window there, and it's on the exit of the turn, so the cars come out of the last turn, they're doing a couple of hundred k's an hour, and they are turning right, and hopefully they continue to turn right so they don't plough into you because yes. at some point they go past you at about 220 k's an hour. They kick up a little bit of um, crap and dust on the track or whatever, which you can feel, and you can feel it coming underneath the, um, the concrete fence. There's a couple of holes in there, and you go, let's oh, come up your trouser leg. Mm. But the noise that the cars make on the rumble strip is quite amazing. It's, I think, louder than the engine noise, and it it is... Um, Is it terrifying? Uh, No, it does make me swear. Every time one gets a little bit close, because normally they're about two and a half metres from you, but occasionally if they step out a little bit, it might only be a metre and a half. Yeah. And I don't know what would happen if they actually hit that wall, because it's pretty heavy concrete. I Mm. wouldn't imagine it would move much. But the the metal above it, which has some cutouts for us to shoot through, uh, I imagine, because our shoulders and perhaps our heads are quite close to that, we might cop a bit of a bang there. But anyway... um, that, that didn't happen, and it really does happen, and certainly you get enough time. If you see a car drifting wide, you can pull your shoulder away from mm. it, but we are right jammed up there, and it's an un, uh, uncomfortable, awkward position because you're shooting through a long gap, And but the photos you get are quite beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful sunshine, and you've got a stand that's uh, far enough away that it goes out of focus, And I really loved that spot, and I can't believe that for the last two years I never got down to that corner.
0: Yeah, it was your first time there at Turn 16 right at the end there. Yeah,
1: and uh, it was only because another photographer had said he was going to go down there and shoot for a bit, and I thought, what are the shots like? And he showed me. I thought, well, I'm going there. I'm certainly glad I did because uh,
0: the stuff I got at Turn 1 wasn't sensational. In the same vein, there was some great photos. I think my favourite shot from uh, the Grand Prix over the weekend was it was a beautiful shot of like the little vortex spin that comes off the races when they're going super fast. Vapor trails, yes. I think they're called. And I had not noticed them,
1: but I, I um, certainly on what I'd seen prior, and this was actually I think it was the first day. Um, so yeah, it was brand new. I'd never seen it. And I looked at a couple of shots and thought, what is that? Oh, that's the vapor trail that mm. someone had told me about. So I then focused on that for a while. It's a pretty tough shot to get because you you need to be quite close in. You can't do a wide shot because you lose the actual detail of it. But yeah, the, the rear wing this year, uh, I think, is responsible for making those vapour trails more prominent, certainly visible, and in the right light, they're quite lovely.
0: Yeah, because I saw them during the race, and I was like, that's pretty cool. And then seeing it in your photo in such detail, like you can see the circumference of like the cone that it's making. Mm. It's a very cool photo. So I think that one's my favourite. But another great one was uh, a rear-vision mirror-like reflection shot of Hulkenberg. That one was great. It's funny when you say that because I know that whatever you say, I will know the photo. (laughs) Uh, Because
1: it's bizarre that I'll I'll flick through Instagram and I'll I'll instantly recognise my photos. uh, Unless it's some wide shot and, you know, there were 500 photographers. But getting back to your question, um, that shot was taken... In Pit Lane, because I did Saturday morning in the pits, part of the beauty of being a permanent pass holder is that we get access to the pits and we probably do one session every uh, event. So I had probably an hour, it was an hour in there, and the cars stop at the end of the pit lane and they practise their starts. And we can get within probably 12 metres of them. And using a 600mm lens, you just focus on that mirror and you can see the reflection of the driver's helmet in it and lovely uh, out-of-focus stuff in in the background. It's just Mm. beautiful. But the important thing that I realised shooting that was once he puts his foot down and starts building the revs in the car to do his start, that mirror just vibrates (laughs) like all hell and you lose any um, clarity in the shot. Okay, so that's kind of a bit more of a difficult shot to get there. Yeah, and when I do it again next... Uh, event which will be Bahrain. I will be right
0: up if I can get any closer to what I was the other day. I will do it because then it becomes bigger yeah. in, in the in the uh, frame. So moving on towards the end of the race, after uh, Bottas had smashed it, yeah, he, he blew everybody away. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Um, you decided to skip going to the um, Parc Ferme and you went to the non podium winners end. Uh, what was your reasoning there and what kind of photos did you get? Uh, where I was, I, I did the last corner and then I walked back underneath the uh, underpass and came back
1: and I was at probably about four laps early. So I just went and plonked all my gear down and I sat at the Heineken bar and had a couple of San Pellegrino mineral waters and watched the last four laps on television. It's something I've never done. It was quite lovely. I was talking to some blokes there and I knew that uh, about six, seven minutes after the field crosses the line that the uh, driver's... Um, that didn't make the podium, and the ones that hadn't retired earlier. So what would that be? Anywhere from four to I think 16 would come out of the door at the other end. So I like that shot because the guys are sweaty, they're mm. dirty. Um, some are really disappointed, and some are really excited. Mm. And uh, the two excited ones were Daniel Kiviat. He came and gave his he came out and he was all sweaty and smiley and gave his uh, physio a huge hug, and so did Kevin Magnuson. And uh, I really love those photos because, A, I'm the only one there. There was no one else there with mm. a camera. No, no one serious. There might have been a couple of punters, but uh, no one uh, accredited. And I get it all to myself. And you get to have a chance, uh, I, I guess, to have a chat with these people for a few minutes because we were there for many minutes. And look, it doesn't hurt you being on good grounds with all those people because yeah. when it comes to favours... Uh, And it happened on the weekend with uh, Lewis Hamilton. I I needed to get into a spot. And Angela Cullen, who is uh, his trainer, is a lovely girl. And uh, I take a lot of great photos of her. Mm. And she seems to like them. So I said, I need to get in there. She goes, jump in, jump
0: in. So that's the sort of thing you want to build up. Relationships in this sport really count. And speaking of great relationships, were there any good stories, maybe from the paddock, that we don't know about that you could enlighten us with?
1: Yeah, it was funny because there was this very attractive woman walking down the paddock on Sunday with a pretty cool looking guy, and there was one woman racing ahead and taking photos, and she was animated and very excited. She got these pics, and so I thought, I don't recognise this woman, but then again, I don't recognise a lot of celebrities. don't know why, I'm just not studying up on the gossip magazines, but I thought, oh, I'll take some pictures and I ran ahead and got a couple of lovely snaps of her and him and then I uh, waited for him to get to me and I said, hi, can I ask who, who you are? And she just sort of smiled at me and he didn't say anything and she said, no. I said, well, what <laughs> am I going to write for the caption? Oh, okay, Jess Hart, I'm a model thank you, Jess. Anyway, so later on I was on the grid, and she came towards me again on her own, and I took her photo again in really beautiful light, and I uh, waited till she got just to me, and I said, hey, thanks for that, Jess, and she laughed. So, yeah, that, that was a nice little interaction. She, uh, when Daniel retired, he came out of the garage and walked across the paddock to the uh, hospitality suite, and, um, yeah, managed to catch a photo of her and him having a hug. So, mm-hmm. uh, It turns out that uh, Jess, who is a model, Victoria's Secret model, quite famous in Australia, apparently,
0: um, was a guest of Daniel's and her boyfriend is uh, a NASCAR driver, I believe. Okay, cool. As we come to the end of this episode, just a couple more points to make. Uh, Netflix released a documentary called Drive to Survive. It appears that Ferrari and Mercedes didn't didn't make much of a feature at all.
1: No, they, they were asked to be involved and it was going to be quite an... There was going to be a lot of time taken mm. up and um, I had a chat with one of the communications guys from Mercedes and he was quite open about it. He said, look, our guys are here to win a championship. Um, that's a distraction that we don't want. Uh, it was a great doco and I watched it and I thoroughly loved it because I've, so often I'd see people I know and I, I got in there a couple of times. So, yeah, it was a great watching uh, the doco. But as they said, no, we're here to win a race win a championship and we can't have our our drivers and team personnel being
0: distracted to that Mm -hmm. end so I don't think they'll be on this year either and lastly we just wanted to note the tragic passing of F1 race director Charlie Whiting Kim did you know Charlie at all? I photographed him a lot and I'd spoken to him once and he was a lovely gentleman a a true gentleman too
1: and I'd often catch him out on the track doing the track walks but yeah apparently he just um, died in his hotel room the night before the Mm -hmm. uh, event started and it was just flooring to everyone to hear that uh, he just didn't make it to the track. He missed out on yeah. doing the Melbourne GP. And I think he was 66 and had a heart problem. That was my um, understanding of it. So there, was, there were many tributes over the weekend on
0: mm. cars uh, with signs. And um, he'll be sadly missed. Thanks, Kim, for your thoughts from the uh, Australian Grand Prix. Our next episode will be the Bahrain pre-race uh, podcast. You are eager for that? I am. Let's do it again. Let's do it next week before
1: Excellent. I go away.
0: So that's uh, episodes coming out weekly now, essentially, at this point, with the races every fortnight, basically. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, you can head over to prostarpix.com or kimillman.com. And you can always stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at Ilman. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPix.com. Head there now.